Alright, uh, Catacars episode 8. What's going on, guys? Hello. How are things? It's humid here. Yeah, it is humid. Yeah. Uh, my air conditioning is finally installed at my house, which is fantastic. Nice. Uh, I, I had to walk outside to see if I could wear jeans or not, because it's 68 degrees in my house. And I was like, huh. I walked outside and I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> Where are you? It's too hot for that. Yeah, when you don't leave the house anymore, you just have no idea what's going on outside. Yeah, yeah. I had to open the door and that I was, was like, what is this like, light thing? When we were going to work every day, that was like, first thing, wake up, what's the temperature outside? What's yeah. the weather like today? What am I going to wear? What am I going to drive? Which clothes ride? do I want to you know? ruin and today? it just doesn't matter, and I'm like so out of the habit of looking that stuff up anymore. Yeah. yeah I only check the weather for motorcycles, because otherwise it doesn't affect what I do. I need to get yeah, one. So. Yeah, I think it's yeah, I don't care about that. I don't want to like ground or something. Up, so. Yeah, I was pretty excited today to find out that the pole barn stays like pretty cool inside, even if it you know gets pretty warm in the morning. Yeah. Just because the concrete gets down to whatever temperature it gets at night, and then you, know, you have three four hours in the morning that it stays nice and cool in there. Yeah, you got the roof insulation good. in now yeah. too. Right? Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be real nice. On the, the concrete. When you yeah, how how the ceiling go? I, I saw your post. Um, I saw that half of it sealed and half yeah. of it maybe didn't so I'm, seal. I'm pretty sure that... By ceiling, you mean the floor. Well, because the floor ceiling. We were just talking about the actual ceiling. Well, right, yes. We, you know, we were talking about the, the same, floor. But it's spelled different. Yes. So they're not spelling here. The first ceiling half and of ceiling. the barn. Why are you listening to us? <laughs> first half of the barn, it cured really weird. Um, there was, like, moisture on top. And I didn't really know why I was doing that. I think what it comes down to, though, is too much of a temperature change so it was too warm the concrete was too cold uh -huh. it you know 30 degree swing in temperature from night to day that's this time of year so it gets down to the 50s at night and then you know, peak 80 85 and i think we hit 90 at some point recently so yep. it's all I, over the place i think that just caused mm -hmm. a bunch of moisture and then i did the second half and it came out super nice glossy on top like perfect the way it's supposed to be but it was like 60 degrees the weekend when i did that so i'm gonna go back over the first half i guess and use another kit which i don't really want to do but so what you're saying is you shouldn't have returned those other boxes no no i still have one more so. oh, okay but yeah so essentially you can get 1200 square feet done with two kits that are supposed to do 500 square feet each mm -hmm. max and, i don't know it came out really good in the, in the right yeah look, side, it so. looked i mean the one side looked like <laughs> yeah the, the pretty nice good yeah really nice yeah. and even the bad side looked pretty nice I yeah would it was really fine bad, with yeah. It if it just matched it yeah like that, that would be my ocd yeah. would be yeah. like i can't i can't <laughs> handle this yeah uh, I mean, it's a shop floor, right? So good, yeah. Either way. I mean, you're going to spill oil and gas and other fluids. And well, that's the point. It seals it. So right, yeah, no, I know. You can just wipe it up if it, yeah. if it happens. So. Well, there you go. We're getting there. It's a... Uh, I saw you, uh, what, Friday I was in the shop. You came and got the drift car. I took that back. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You've used your lift now. Yeah, today, yeah. Today was yeah, the yeah first it's on day, the lift. Last night, I guess, was the first time we put a car on the lift that's been installed for a couple months now. There you go. <laughs> nice. It goes up and down, like it's supposed huh. to. Yeah, who'd have thought? I've started to move all my tools out there and stuff, so things are in you know in intermediate stage right now. I don't want to finalize anything because I still have to put in insulation in the walls and do all that stuff. And it's put not up. a bad idea to get get some projects going and get kind of the feel for the layout and everything. So I mean, yeah, you laid it out on paper and had a good idea, but yeah. you know, maybe as you do yeah. a couple things. Um, now let me ask you a question here. Are you gonna you have any plans to build like a loft in there at all or anything no, for like storage? That would be so nice, like a little mezzanine. Well, I'm just asking because so the pole barn at my parents is a fairly similar size, and we have a loft, and it's like real. It, it allows for I guess easy organization when it comes to 
tools and yeah, like, toolbox placement like, and stuff like that. Shelves and stuff over yeah. the walls, and I'm going to put tire racks and things to get that stuff away, mm. out of the way when you're. Yeah, I want like the center of the floor to be pretty open, just kind of the well, outside yeah. lines and stuff. So you got all the room for all the toys now. Yeah, yeah. indoor part. Like I, I also like the idea of having like a loft with stairs and everything, but I think it would have to be a slightly bigger it, garage. Than if that. it comes down yeah, to it, like at some point, if I need the extra space, yeah, I'll do it. But yeah. right now it's yeah. like kind of sort of out of money. I just. I'm working on a quote to get gas line run out there so I can actually put a heater in. There you go. So that's another big money thing. But yeah. you know, for now, I'm just trying to get things moving in there and actually start doing stuff instead of planning for something I'm going to build a year right. from now. Yeah. So you can only do so much planning. At some point, you have to draw a line and say, all right, I've done enough. I'll figure out the next stage when I get there. Right. Make space if I have to. Did you hit record on that, by the way? Because it's not. Uh, no, I get it. It's just floating there. Speaking of which, um, <laughs> I guess we stopped uh, we stopped recording video for a little bit, and uh, we're not really sure if people like it. Anybody, any well, some, listeners or watchers? There was a few YouTube. people that were like, "Who's yeah, the video at?" But I mean, comments on it, so I'm not sure. It might be awkward. It might not recording? be. I don't know. If yeah. you like it, drop us a comment on. Uh, I probably YouTube would make the most awesome. sense and let us know. Um, but yeah, I guess speaking of which. We are now Good. on. Oh, time. hey guys! Uh, Candy Cars episode eight. If you're just now tuning in, you'll have to listen to the podcast before you watch the video. <laughs> uh, just to get the details. We'll just slow the video. Yeah, it's down. fine. It's yeah, fine. We'll so just. It, you know, yeah, 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 it's fine. Up. You won't be able to see anyone. Yeah, it's too far away. But uh, no, point was, um, yeah, we've been on YouTube obviously for a while now. iTunes, um, Spotify, um, <coughs> iHeartRadio. Now yes. that's yeah. a new one. Yeah. That's a new one. So if that's your podcast spot, then we're there. And I think those are the big ones. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Spotify, right. iTunes, iHeartRadio. Yeah. On our Instagram. Yeah. Well, yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great way to try to keep in touch and see if you guys like this or if we're yep. idiots or whatever. Yeah. yeah that's that's probably the easiest one. That that'll go directly to us. Um, we're handling the Instagram account ourselves. <coughs> uh, otherwise, I mean, you know, comments on YouTube and all that other stuff works just fine as well. I'm trying to put but, the projects we talk about on there. So yeah. Kind of. Speaking of which, you were mentioning yeah. you had the E36 on the lift, and right. you were working on that. I did just share that to the Instagram account. Yep. So. This morning, I built a little shield for my intake that's sitting right in the fender well. It doesn't have any protection, so next time it's raining in a drift van, I don't have to worry about sucking up a whole bunch of water and ruining my MAF sensor. Right. So, quick or little thing. Shredding a tire and ripping it off. Did the old... Uh, probably not going to Not the front. Yeah. I think I have it. The old beer can, yeah. beer box template. Yeah. Just quick little... Best cardboard. It is the ultimate cardboard for like. I feel like it's very malleable. Like it's that. easy to fold right. where you need it to. Just the cor- yeah, cor- corrugated. Yeah. It, I mean, you can't make like a. No, I mean, unless you want to make a flat so box or. Even you know, then, whatever. it just sucks to cut. So. It's beer, messy. Beer box is funny. Yeah. Hit it with a razor blade, call it a template. Yeah. <laughs> if you have a big could, project, you have to get a 30 rack. If so. we could. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if we could throw that edit into the previous fabrication episode, that would have been a good one. Yeah, it would be. Save your beer boxes. Save your beer boxes. Yep. All right, well, let's talk about the Mazdas. What other daily ramblings Ooh, we'll have? Oh, boy. Yeah. All right, Multiples. So where, where are we at with those? Um, <laughs> we've had some developments. There's a couple developments. Uh, I am, unfortunately, out know, of the whole COVID thing, I, I'm, like, actually stuck right now on the Mazdas. Nothing runs. All the motors are blown apart. I am just waiting on head gaskets and head bolts to put the new motor back together and jam it in the car. So once I do get those parts, they haven't even shipped yet, but... Uh, Hopefully that'll just like blast it together. 
list the car for sale again, and that'll be gone. But <clears throat> I did kind of impulsively buy a truck. So. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> so, Good to know. Yeah. No. <laughs> new, de- of- new development. Um, uh, so I was talking to you know, Rocky from, uh, oh, you guys boy. might know Rocky from uh, Winter Beater and everything. He was on those videos with us. Uh, he was back in town uh, like a, what, a week or two, weekend. Yeah, Memorial Day weekend. And so we were hanging out with him for a little bit. And so he left us to go down to um, Georgia and start up a, a dealership that specializes in uh, just kind of cool stuff. And so he was up here, you know, now that he's a dealership, has auction access and things like that. I mentioned it to him, I was like, hey, you know, I'm going to be in the market for a truck here pretty soon. I was intending to buy it after I sold, you know, one of the Maseratis, but... Um, well, I think the expediting of your timeline is partially my fault. Yeah. Well, yeah, probably. But now so you're I also have to follow now you're my, also <laughs> forced. Dodge the other day too. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, we have to pick up another used so, truck. Yeah, ah. I probably didn't mention that because that was last weekend too. Um, was it last weekend? It was two weeks. Last weekend. Uh, yeah, went to LKQ to pick up the two five, um, and I had to borrow Mike's truck because I wasn't sure if it was going to fit in the back of the the BMW. <laughs> The, Just, you know, the, the, I had drift an LS car. in the back there, but uh, the, like four cylinders, they're, they're a lot taller yeah. inherently. Um, yeah. Really, yeah, they come strapped. I knew they were gonna. It was gonna come like you know. Uh, it's almost easier to use a truck anyway. You can get there with forklift yeah, or, or whatever you gotta do. It's like five minutes away from here, but uh, yeah. So, anyways, I told Rocky, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm gonna be in the uh, in the market or whatever. And <laughs> this past week. He messaged me at like 11 o'clock on Tuesday night. He's like, hey, I'm going to this auction tomorrow morning. Uh, he sends me a link to the auction site and like, hey, check out the, like the dealer list. Let me know if there's anything that interests you. And so I was like, yeah, okay, I'll look at it in the morning. He's like, well, I'm going to get there at like 7 and, you know, kind of want to know what I'm looking for. So I was like, all right. So like I looked like on the spot, like huh. browsed through it real quick, sent him a couple things I was interested in. They had kind of a uh, an older... LB7 Duramax on there, and I was Ooh. like, oh, that looks kind of halfway decent. Like, I'd be interested in that. And, you know, he's like, well, what, kind of, what do you want to pay for it? And, you know, so now I'm having to, like, provide him for, like, max bids. So, what you're and saying is you got scumbagged super... into a truck, is what, you know. We're getting there. We're getting there. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so I sent him that, and I sent him, like, a newer 5.3 Silverado or something like that. I was like, yeah, you know, if, for the right price, I'd be interested in this, too. You know, it would be fine. Yeah. So. Um, you know, just kind of throwing out, like, I, I didn't really want to buy anything unless it was, like, a deal. Right, know? yeah. Like, yeah. I, I'm not in a rush. It would just be nice. But, um, so before you know it, morning of, he sends me a message. He's like, well, I know it wasn't what you were looking for, but I might have just bought a, uh, a Super Duty 7.3 uh, long bed oh. if you're interested in it. If you're not, I'm probably just going to keep it. And I was like, so honestly, also him saying that, I'm like, ugh. Sounds like so I gotta... wasn't I wasn't looking at, at uh, you know seven threes or power strokes or anything like that. It just was, I don't know. Great. <laughs> <laughs> but I really should have been looking for a white second gen Dodge. But... That would have completed the the squad. I mean, red, yeah. white, and blue, ah, twenty five hundred Cummins. Like that would have been pretty sweet. For um, everyone that doesn't know, I have a blue one. Kevin has a red one. Yeah. So. So I was like, man, if we could get we we could get a white one to complete the. I would the deal, be lying if I said sweet. I wasn't looking for some. Also, I will tell I'm you, looking for the dark green. I will tell okay. you, this, the seven three is white. Ooh. So Ooh. I didn't know. Okay. that's a little, right. little different. Um, we can have some. Works, we can have but, some uh, towing towing uh, yeah, challenges in the parking lot at work, huh? YouTube channel and come up with yeah. like a like a tow rig challenge. ECS does redneck <laughs> stuff. 
So anyways, he, he told me, you know, what he was going to get it for, and I was like, yep, send him the money. It's yeah. a done deal. How much so, did you get it for? So it's a 1999 Super Duty, so it's not, you know, old body style or anything. I do like those better, but, you yeah. know, newer stuff is a little bit better yeah, kind of all track. You don't want to be I'm just saying you know aesthetically <laughs> speaking I do like I do like you yeah, know the OBS boards yeah. are prettier um, but it is a 99 I'm not sure if it's early or late 99 so apparently in 99 they changed a couple things early 99s have a smaller turbo but they have forged rods late 99s have a bigger turbo and a couple other there's, there's all kinds of stuff does it matter you're going to be like I'm not complaining. You're gonna I'm not complaining. That's what I'm saying. I just don't know all the details. Am I going to see you at our local tractor pulls? Is that, is that? Yeah, buddy, go down to Barberton. You know, they yeah, do that yeah. stuff down there. Hey, um, I'm, I'm all for but, that. So, yeah, and then I was, he sent me some pictures, underside and everything. You know, it's a Georgia Georgia truck, so. We'll have to post it, some pictures on Kenny Cars of uh, your yeah. new truck. <laughs> Rust-free. And I totally glazed over the fact that it was a manual. So, I'm like, Ooh, oh, baby. Yeah, yeah so, there you uh, go. Yeah, so uh, extended cab, long bed, manual, two-wheel <clears> drive. You know, when I yeah. bought my truck, I was like, mm, I guess I don't really care if it's going to be manual or automatic. But now that I have the automatic, I really wish it was a manual. Yeah, yeah so I'm pretty hyped is. on that. I was I was pretty amped up on it to begin with, and then I was like, oh, shit. So what's it's the price? Yeah. What did you pay? How many miles are on it? 160,000 miles. That's pretty low. That's good. Yeah. 4,700. That's a deal. Yeah, that's yeah. a deal. Yeah. There you go. That's seven that's for mine with 130. Yeah. So, so but, you know, I'm really broken. Um, obviously, going to... Gonna throw Rocky some That's some extra dollars there too. There you so go. It's going through Find the dealership and everything. That's a deal. I don't expect him to like. Know, fees right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Fees. You know, transfer fees and everything. So you know, I'll probably you know, low fives or something like that. So anything sub six for that? Yeah. That's. Good. I mean, that's. Yeah. So I'm pretty amped up on that. It does have a f couple minor issues. You know, diesels are worth a million dollars. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's it's worth it all day. Even if I didn't want it, I like almost have to buy it just because. It'd almost be silly. Yeah, it'd be silly not to. Right. I mean, you're not the chance of you finding a deal like that again are, you know, slim to none. Yes. Okay. Yep. So this affects our, our plants. I don't know if it has a, a controller, mm -hmm. but it does have an engine. They usually do. Or at least it's very easy to it's buy like a factory wire. I should I should I should ask just to find out, but it's not that big of a deal. Super easy. So on that note, I, I did message you the other day to see, but I have not gotten a response to like so to bring everyone up to speed, I put a deposit down for a car trailer, an enclosed one. Well, yeah, they have to build it, so I pay for the whole thing once they're there. So I bought a twenty four foot enclosed. so brand new. Most expensive thing I've ever purchased <laughs> with four wheels and it doesn't have a motor. So what was that? Five five grand ish? Sixty four. I got a bunch of options. There's one yeah, locally. All the options. Yeah, because like they're so grand. cheap to pay up front. Yeah, you can get them yeah. four grand that are whooped and like with no. Oh, no really it, cool it, I was gonna tag you in and I figured you already did that, but now I I guess yeah. that verifies my I got the escape decision. door, I got the heavier door, I got the more floor crush members, the bigger axles. Overall height, I think and you got yeah. what, four inches or something like that higher than that standard off the whole time. You can still hear part of it, but I would the whole time. Yeah, it's, you ha actually haven't been talking for all that long. No, yeah, I mean, you really we haven't. Just, been, we just got it. Yeah, so it's fine. But yeah, <laughs> because I'm still I'm still picking you up in the other mics. Okay, but, Is it, are you sure it's okay? Yes, I'm, it's fine, Kevin. We're not starting over. I'm not doing. We're not. Yeah, we're we're, not we're 24 doing. minutes in. We're not restarting. Okay. There's good content here. Well, yeah. So, so, so but I mean. Uh, and interesting. That's also, in Georgia, is the yeah. factory. So yeah. part of the you get a good deal on them if you go pick it up. Right. So 
Yeah, I mean, originally you were planning on picking it up anyways, right. but... I was going to drive down there and grab it, but they're like, oh, well, if I'm looking for a truck anyway, and Rocky's also in Georgia, why don't we buy a truck and then tow it back with <laughs> yeah. this unknown truck in this brand new trailer? So, it's seeming like so. that's going to work out pretty well. Looks like we just grab some plane tickets and... and uh, uh, pick me up a Helix on the way back. You know, find one. Yeah, we can fit a, a bunch of them. Well, I guess now. i got to start looking somewhere between here and Georgia now. Sure. Yeah, find them. That would be perfect. <laughs> we can just bring all the things back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that'll work out really well if everything goes to plan. Yeah, it's. I don't think it's going to be the weekend we originally thought from what the guy was saying. Mm -hmm. It might have to be the weekend after, but that could work too. Okay. We'll see. Because, yeah, we might have huh. lined up with Rocky's birthday. Yeah. Oops. But, hey, or not oops. Yeah, I can't win them all. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> but on other notes, I did put the trials bike back together, so yep. that works. It looks uh, it looks pretty sick. Yeah. yeah, it looks you know like slightly cleaner than when I bought it, which is a little discouraging because it, it had to go through everything. But at least it's not you know strewn apart right in here again. So. Well, the last time we were here, what two, three podcasts ago, it was a frame. <laughs> yeah. And now it's done. So. Death project. So. But yeah, now I've been ripping it around in business. I don't know how to ride it. You don't know how to ride it. I know roughly. I feel like it's kind of it's. I feel like it's awkward to just ride as like a regular yeah, bike, as right? A like you bike just is yeah. The hard part. Yeah, trying to understand how to go over terrain and like be a trials rider is the hard part. Yeah, I can ride around on it fine. But I feel like it's awkward to just sit on it though and like put around. There's yeah, there's there's just, <laughs> well, I mean, no. it's got like a pretend seat for when yeah. you're sitting there watching other people do an obstacle. Yeah, that's that was just so you don't smash your nuts. I'm sure that's another consideration. If you didn't have a seat, I guess. Things would be kind of pointed out in there. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, some spicy bits down there. Stabbed in the nuts. So. All right, All right. so does that bring us to today's topic? Yeah. So we're going to go over modeling. 3D, 3D modeling. modeling. SolidWorks, specifically. Yeah. Which I, once Felt again, like don't know anything about. from talking uh, about the 3D scanning and everything, that being pretty much first step. Right. right. Um, in the design process, at least. So what I was thinking we should touch on first is... So the two basic modeling styles, I mean, we kind of run a hybrid of it, but you either think of modeling as top-down modeling or bottom-up. So either you're fully dimensioning your base part and then throwing it into an assembly, or using your assembly to dimension your parts off of each other, or data in our instance, which is usually what we do. Um, there's instances where you bounce back and forth, not everything is defined in an assembly, or <laughs> vice versa, and we all have different tactics behind what we're doing there. So. Yep. But I think that's a decent segue into how we model stuff and tying it into 3D scanning shenanigans. Yeah. Might be worth mentioning, you know, what kind of software this is and what kind of capability it has up front and saying, you know, right. there's, a, there's a bunch of programs out there. Mm -hmm. yeah, so, 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 so obviously we already talked about scanning, right? You scan your data, you bring it in, etc. But three D right. But three D modeling is that? Are you making something from nothing in three D modeling, or are you using I a? I think generally just referring to not two D modeling, so not old style CAD, you know, like hand, not drawing anymore, but you know, isometrics, things okay. like that. I mean, you were making everything on a two D plane, um, but now you can make the physical three D model that right. matches the real part, and then you know, create. Models, prints, all the, all the things that define it from that. So right. we have the benefit of using Scandata in collaboration with that to, you know, get an idea of parts of fit right off the bat. So we can kind of mm -hmm. test fit in virtual before 
before which, you yeah before you go to printing it and yeah which I out think on. is also interesting too because um, you know typically at least in our experience um, you know when we go to like trainings and seminars and things like that to learn you know whether it be you know new features in software or um, you know just uh, how to accomplish specific tasks with 3D scanning and or the SolidWorks CAD modeling stuff you know we go and we ask questions and everything and <coughs> People, most other companies that are there are not in the automotive industry, but it seems like the majority of those industries use scanning strictly for um, quality inspections. Right. So we're a little different in the fact that we use um, 3D scanning extensively for re reverse engineering and, you know. Right. There's not many other aspects of engineering other than automotive that really utilize reverse engineering. You're not usually trying to make parts for someone not else. Not from scan data, at least. Yeah. Or, or in general, like you're not trying to make something for something else. Like mm -hmm. If you're designing a component, it's usually for your own product line, not for another manufacturer's product line. Yeah. So we're kind of in a unique you know, stance on this. Mm -hmm. so. I just thought that it was worth saying that because, uh, you know, and even then, we kind of really push the boundaries and knowledge of, you know, these people running these seminars and training things, and we're oh, saying, yeah. well, you know, because they just spent, you know, a half an hour answering all these questions from these other companies that we're sitting next to about, right. you know, setting up uh, quality inspections and how to probe things and make sure that they measure up right in comparison to a prototype. And we're like, yeah, but, you know, how do you scan this thing and extract whether, like, a, a, a surface right from uh, the scanning software and import it into SolidWorks and then be able to model off of that? And that kind of, like, right. takes them a second to totally shift gears because we're, like, working from like the opposite end of the spectrum. I mean, we do use the scan data for quality inspections and it does work really well for that. Right. But I mean, this is like, you know, pol polar opposite almost. Like the only thing that they share in common is the physical act of scanning yeah, using right. the features. Yeah. Right, yeah. So. Having it in the program is mm -hmm. about it, right? Right, so, so, so I mean, it's been a kind of a, like a learning curve on our part too. Yeah. Um, you know, trying to figure out how best to utilize this and make it in terms of uh, designing a part right so so when you obviously right there's a huge difference between like scanning something in and actually creating something by itself right so mm -hmm. let's let's talk about like what your processes are to start like if you need to create a 3d model of something that you don't have a reference of uh like you know depend like whether or not it's like a catch can or you know something like that like where what what is the starting point for that where do you even start like what what tools like obviously you use solidworks right and yeah what, you, see, you start from just modeling something either you have something that you know dimensions of that you need to make it fit or you have an idea of where right. you want to start or you have some scan data to back out data from to say i need it to fit this but mm -hmm. what you're starting with no matter what is simple things like a plane and a sketch right a flat plane and you're either doing some type of revolve or you can sketch on it and make a round thing that can be turned or you're starting with basic shapes square circles whatever it is <clears throat> and you're you're building up from there like most things you can break down to like super basic geometry that's right. you know that's how you start your your 3d models yeah. if you have a sprocket to make right okay you're going to make a cylinder for where it mounts you're going to make a, you know another cylinder for the thickness of it mm -hmm. and then you're going to go in and you're going to cut out teeth or cut out the holes or cut out the bolt holes and just removing data from the previous uh well, you try input to, in in practice it's usually a good idea i'd say usually because it's not always but like you try to 
create your CAD model in a way that you would actually machine the component. Mm -hmm. Right. So that way it, it kind of makes sense and your dimensions make sense and you can't accidentally make something you can't manufacture. Right. Which is very well, right. easy to do yeah. in SolidWorks. Which I think so. is worth backing up and saying, and this isn't obviously the point of this episode in terms of CAD modeling, but you know, after we collect all the data and everything, I mean, I think that's probably one of the first considerations you make is saying, you know, in order to be competitive, this is the price range we need to fall in, and this is the manufacturing process that we kind of want to yeah. utilize. You, you know, have like to have an Kevin idea. mentioned, you know, turning something like, oh, we want to strictly be able to produce this on a lathe. You know, that's obviously going to keep costs re really far down, and so that's a consideration you make before even starting that first sketch on a plane, right? Having, having the background in machining and knowing how CNC machines yeah. work. You don't need to ha know how to operate all the machines, but just some familiarity on, you know, yeah, what kind of what it takes. very difficult, yeah. how many operations you have to reconfigure the component for, that type of thing drastically affects the cost of your part. <coughs> and it's also a constant game of trying to model when you, you know, when you start off building something, trying to model it in a way that you can make changes <laughs> without you know, <laughs> yeah. messing everything up. So you want it to be kind of driven so that, oh, I need to make an adjustment to X, Y, or Z. Okay, right. Well, if you build it around that feature and everything else is dependent on it, then you can bat yourself into a corner. You need to make one change, it turns into a whole big thing. Well, right, because you you know, if you make one change based off, like, uh, let's say, like a, a Sprocket you were saying, like a dimensional change, right? That, yeah. That changes literally the entire, you know, integrity of... What you right. would be but if you think it. about it ahead of time, you know, like, hey, I might want to alter this feature. Yeah. You yeah. can draw, you know, dimension the rest of your features off of it in a way where you can change, you say, the bolt circle of a sprocket, right. and everything else will reconfigure, and all the shapes and cutouts will move with it, right. so that they automatically update. And that saves you a bunch of time, but it takes a lot of forethought. And yeah. sure, sure. Is there ever a time where kind of where plan. you would save something like that, or you know, save your file like that, and yeah. you would have to go back and make changes, and, I mean, and those well, wouldn't be you can go time. you can go way further in to the other side of the spectrum and say you can have like tabulated driven values. Right. So for I'll give brake rotors for an example. Mm -hmm. We have a program now that's set up. It's basically a model that uses data you put into a spreadsheet mm -hmm. you say i want this offset i want this rotor width this diameter right whatever it is you plug in those numbers and it'll you know modify your sketch based on those values you give it so we've saved time in the long run yeah. by setting this up ahead of time and saying okay this is how it's going to interact with each other this is how the numbers are going to play together and how they're going to move around when you change xyz values right. so doing a brake rotor now is like measure some stuff and then plug it in right. most of the time and most of the time it's pretty close it's yeah pops out what you need you always <laughs> double check though yeah, oh yeah <laughs> always but uh no, i think that brings up a good point and i think um you were kind of starting to touch on this mike um in terms of you know considering <coughs> you know the, the process and or the, i should say the steps in which it's manufactured too and i mean being the probably you know a good rule of thumb there is to mimic that in your design tree in terms of the features that you create so um, you know, that kind of starts to go out the window when you think you might be modifying something within there, uh, you know, whether or not you want to move that up or down in the tree. Um, it's a great thought and a good practice, but yeah. like in reality, in the midst of doing it, there's always something that's either going to be an afterthought that you needed to change within your tree. And what we consider a tree is, if you haven't used SolidWorks, is just, you know, the order of operations that you've created the part with. So 
you know, one comes before the other and affects everything else after it. Yeah. So if you have to change item one again, say that's your main extrude or something like that, that can throw off everything after it. Yeah, it was the so step one, you step know, step so of course, yeah. you know, and it all depends on how things are defined <clears throat> and if it likes it, if it jives well with the rest of the changes that you're trying to make. Um, and, you know, also to Kevin's point, um, you know, if you're starting with a, uh, if you want to make a configurable brake rotor where you can make, do something like a, I want a spreadsheet and I want to be able to just input diameter, thickness, you know, um, you know, vented, non-vented, and like a bolt pattern. Uh, if you have that consideration on the, the front end, you know, being able to model the thing in an in order that makes sense and then, um, I guess, to dig a little bit deeper in terms of SOLIDWORKS, that's considered a design table. And in order to, in, in order to accomplish that in SOLIDWORKS, just as a quick, quick note, basically you, you make a rough model, right, and you leave the dimensions that you want to alter either not fully defined or you configure them. You set up configurations, and then from usually there you it's make a variable. So you or plug in yeah, 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 yeah. or something like that. Right. Or yeah, it could be it could be derived from some other That's configuration. Like yeah, you, you don't necessarily the inside diameter and have mm -hmm. it you know based have the full OD of the rotor driven by pad thickness yeah. or whatever. And a good so example, it uses a good, math yeah. to back that out based on what numbers you give it. A good example of that is our like drilled and slotted rotors. Like realistically, we don't really care or we don't need to define how many slots or how many holes are in the rotor, but we can set up the design table in SOLIDWORKS to just figure it out based on you know the diameter and the pad swept area and all those other things that we do mm -hmm. want to define. So well, and it can kind of do though. It has to be you know. Well, we could, when you're dealing with the rotors and all that, <laughs> yeah, no, it does get a little more complicated. But I was, it, situations I, was, where I was using it as an example, not so much a. Uh, there's rules of thumb you still have to follow, and you still have to check your work afterwards. Yeah, but 100%. I mean, some basic stuff though, you can really, really blow out a design table. Like if you're making like furniture mm -hmm. or something yeah. like that, yeah. it's like super. You can have ten different lengths of X leg or whatever, and assemble it on some chair or something like that, and you can just make every single size thing you'd need ever, and just plug in some numbers, and you have a model of it. And my last huh. job. Uh, I designed packaging equipment, like large packaging machinery, and design tables were life. I mean, this simplified everything so much because, you know, you basically we were contracted to build, you know, packaging equipment for any other company, and um, you know they would give you either an assembly line layout and everything. And you say, hey, this is how much space you have to work with. You need to fit your machine within these constraints and everything. And you know, we had a really good design table where, yeah, you just pump in those numbers and it builds out the rec the whole frame of this machine just from a design table of weldments was super super nice for that yeah but realistically we don't utilize design tables that much for what we no, do no. there's a very we do enough brake rotors that, that make sense, make sense. i wish i had done it for monoballs when i started Ooh, that that would be nice now yeah. i'm too far deep to like go back and do it yeah. but most things we do hard. are not they're not it is that. tricky to get to work right Yes, it is. Because, because I mean, it, it relies on an interface between Excel. Microsoft Office Excel and, and SolidWorks. So it's two different Not programs trying to talk to each other, and there's all kinds of weird little quirks with it. It's the quirks um, of like trying to add variables and remove variables. Mm -hmm. that yeah, kind of bugs me out. Well, like the cool thing about it, if you can get it set up right, is when you have a design table, you can get like. Um, tables and on your drawing in SOLIDWORKS to reference all that. So right. if you're, it's not a bill of materials, but if you wanted 
or it could be a building material. Yeah. So if you wanted to build materials for like a, a weldment, a welded structure, it can pull all that information from design tables, but you have to have everything formatted in Excel like just the right way mm. in order to get it to show up right. So it can be a real big pain, but if you're doing you know repeated you know similar architecture projects, it, it makes a lot of sense to you know kind of look it up, see how it works, and see if it, it would work for you. So each basically design tables drive configurations essentially. <coughs> yep. So when you have a model, you can have multiple configurations of it. You can say, okay, I want this, this, and this feature turned off when it's in this configuration. So, or you can say, huh. okay, I want to build a model of one side of this thing. Okay, one configuration can be this side, and a mirrored configuration can be the other. Right. So you s save time by figuring out how to use the program, right? So the same thing goes for um, like a grill accent. Like, you want a right side or a left side? Okay, you only have to model one, right? But the same thing Generally, goes... Generally, yes. Yeah, you want them to be the same left and right. right. Um, the same thing goes for, like, modeling something as simple as a table. Right. You don't want to model the whole thing. That doesn't make sense. Why would you dimension all four corners of something when you could model one-fourth of it and mirror it over yeah. two planes? Yeah, okay. You're saving... Yeah, it's, you're just duplicating, and, duplicating and, and meshing and, and... Anything that's going to be symmetrical. You're right, off obviously, right. Strictly half of it's half the work, realistically, which and does get tricky. And I'm, I feel like we're going to get to that probably towards the end of the episode in terms of uh, like body styling stuff. Yeah. Um, well, right, because no, no we'll, car we'll is get straight. There and how that's really. complicated, but right. I mean, obviously. Yeah, I think know. that's we'll we'll stick with solid modeling at the moment. Yeah. And we'll branch into surface modeling after because that's a whole other can of worms. Yeah. It could really be its own episode, but yeah. maybe we should <laughs> just make that the next episode. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe, Maybe we could do a part part two, part two, part two of three D modeling. Are interested in this too. Yeah, I mean, I don't think our here. listeners yeah. have a choice. They're going to have to listen to it because it's good information. Or they can listen to anything else. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean that's the beauty Thank of the internet. Um, <laughs> so uh, the whole point of building a three D model though is to be able to communicate what you want right. to a manufacturer or something, or to be able to use it for reference for QI stuff, quality inspection. So huh. having the 3D model allows us to easily generate prints where we can define tolerances. So every model you make has to have its own drawing with its own definitions on dimensions and things like that, Yeah. which you know can be a lot of work, but that's how you communicate to people that are manufacturing these things, how it needs to be made, what kind of tolerances need to be held where. Yeah, you can't, you can't just send out something willy-nilly and be like, hey, uh, Make this. It just doesn't. It doesn't work. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it, the, the chances of it actually working properly is very one little. Of the, 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 the pros of solid, uh, 3D modeling, I should say, in terms yeah. of developing something like that. I mean, um, I'm not saying you should, right. but it is possible to manufacture a part with no print at that point if yeah. somebody has the ability to interpret that, and blast it into CAM data. Right. Obviously, okay. Yeah, yeah. The problem there is, is you don't define anything. You don't say. You know where your your allowances or tolerances are in certain dimensions, right. and which way things can move. Which is how you get errors on certain things. Quite there yet. You can put tolerances you, into your 3D model, yeah. depending on what software you're using. Yeah. And I think it will eventually get there. Yeah. We'll stop doing prints, but 
at the moment we're not there yet. No. no. Prints but, are a nice reference, you know, wall. I feel like it's easy uh, from a manufacturing standpoint. It makes it a little bit easier on the manufacturer to be like, okay, Absolutely. I have like, uh, right, yeah, I have, I have proper measurements, proper modeling. You know, I can actually make an accurate product for this whatever and company. It, like you think of it, we have manufacturers making our parts, and some of them are similar. Right. So if you have paperwork or prints or something following a product through the manufacturing steps, you can stay on top of it. Some right. Some of them like. We have a hard time distinguishing between if they don't come in under the correct part number. Yeah, you know, wheel spacer or something like something simple like I visually it happened with trunk yeah. spoilers is a thing. Oh like, yeah, there's no way to reference which one it is until you scan it. Like, I don't sure. remember. Or we're gonna walk out to a car. And you gotta you gotta set it on every single car before you're like, oh yeah, that's this, this one. Again? Yeah. Right, and I think it's of course still mandatory because I mean CNC stuff's expensive. So I mean there's yeah. still a lot of people using you know kind of analog equipment you know lathe you don't need a cnc lathe to make Depending a part, like, part. Yeah. but uh, it's high volume stuff. i think it yeah it depends on the enough type more of than manufacturing one yeah, part manufacturing is yes. going to be plugged yeah. into a cnc and having a model there okay so there's <coughs> different levels of manufacturing great right? so there's lathes mills whatever you can actually program your own g-code based off of a print you have and if you have a fully defined defined print you can tell it okay i need this to move here there whatever but software in the last 10 years, now you can take that 3 model, 3D model and plug it into your software and mm -hmm. have it generate the code for you. So having that extra tool allows, it, it like eliminates the mistakes, really. Yeah. There's no way you could mess up. Assuming it's set up correctly. Yeah. I feel, yeah, a lot, know, of it's a lot of it's purple. Well, it's on us as well. Because yeah, sure. how many times have you found an old legacy print with a, a dimension that's been overridden? Ooh. Uh, that's the dangerous game. That's, doesn't that sound promising, a lot though. In the old days, and usually that was hack stuff where, like you mentioned earlier, you know, if there was a problem where it wanted to basically blow up your model because it was too hard to change, uh, I mean, it used to be pretty, you know, appealing to just go and say, oh, they're, they're working off our prints. I'm just going to change this dimension to be what I want it <clears> to be, <throat> whether it be a quarter millimeter or five millimeters. And then, yeah, well, you're I mean, set, you're destined for failure. Yeah, yeah I feel like it's... That, that's bad, as long bad as it's, As long as it's correct, it saves so much oh, time yeah, on yeah, the programming absolutely. side yeah. of things where you're not plugging anything in manually anymore. You're just telling what it, where to go, what kind of tool paths, mm -hmm. and then you're, you're doing the setup. Yeah, I mean, I definitely default to that now, making sure the model is 100%. Like, it's the yeah, correct if you, way to do it. Yeah. But, the, I mean, you have to be deliberate on both ends. The people, you know, configuring the code have to be pretty deliberate to understand... The model they're working off of and we have to be deliberate to make sure that everything is spot on the way we want it because there's a lot of features that you don't define that can definitely bite you later <coughs> you can't define right or, or can't right. or you have to make them first to define what you're doing later not even like i mean if you, you something like a, a variable fillet or something like that right. there's, there's no way to it's a continuously changing radius like right, there's yeah. just no way to do it it's machinable yeah but how you can't if you didn't have a 3d model there's just no way to convey that to a, a manufacturer and say make this right there's no yeah no i get it uh so my question for each one of you um starting with whoever wants to go first what is the hardest product that you've had to 3d model or what is the most strenuous you know thing that you've had to work on i think it's that was... unanimous here but <laughs> jump right into surface modeling for yeah, sure so yeah. that's i guess this can be our segue into surface modeling so we've strictly kind of talked about solid modeling so far yeah i know but we said we were going to talk to like top down bottom up modeling and i don't think we really I guess finished we that yet i guess we haven't gone over that fine <laughs> never mind but you're so okay your question is canceled we, we got sidetracked a bunch <laughs> my question is canceled all right that complicated or you know it doesn't have to be that drawn let's out. answer your question later 
That's fine. Yeah, we can do it. We can say that for maybe we'll we'll ask do, us later. Let's do a part part two episode of three D modeling. Oh, no, I mean, I no, think we can get to it today. I'm just oh, so yeah. The, I mean, if you want, we kind of went over the ins and outs of modeling as a whole, but top down versus bottom up. Yeah, what well, I have no idea. When you say that, so, I'm just like I don't know what you're talking about. Bottom up modeling is kind of how you used to do stuff in CAD as well. Um, you define a component. Right. So like you know, I'm making a bracket. I define everything in that bracket file. So I've been making everything there. Like I dimension everything, you know, say I'm designing something. Right. I would do it all in that component. I don't have to worry about it fitting its other half or whatever. Um, if you made it, a uh, cardboard template of something, something yes. right, and you wanted to blast that into CAD, that would generally be considered bottom-up. Bottom-up right. models are... Okay, so, so, so it's basically are, making something with your hands or taking something that's already exists and then and bring, bringing it into about it fitting like it's full fully driven within itself it's independent of any other thing going on any okay file or yeah. feature it doesn't rely on anything okay. so what we do a lot and what we're doing especially with 3d scanning is you know top-down modeling right so in assembly you use the assembly and scan data or other features within it to define the dimensions right so, like, say you're making an intake. You have the scan data of the screws you want to use. You don't have to necessarily dimension what the holes are. You know where the hole is. And you can constrain things within the model so that it puts the hole where it lines up with your scan data every single time. Okay. So if I move the shield over 10 millimeters, It'll move the hole stays exactly there. Okay. And, like, it makes the bracket longer. Or whatever uh, it needs okay, to. Okay, yeah. To, to make it happen. So, so it's, 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 it's relative. So it's, it's relative. Exactly. Right? So, yeah. so, so that's a beautiful thing about 3D scanning is that, you know, when you scan a car or a part or anything, yeah. it g generates its own, like, little global um, coordinate system. So yeah. in a 3D world, that yeah, you can tell it, this is a bolt hole, and I want to use that. And then no matter what part you make, because you have built an assembly now, uh, it just it knows where that hole is in, right. in 3D Land, so right in 3D land, it's <laughs> yeah. talking to it, saying like, yeah. "Hey, even though I moved from over here to here, we're still going to use that same mounting point." It still knows or, right where it is. Right. Yeah. Okay. But it depends on what you're doing. Well, there's situations right. where you need both. Right. Sure. Oh, you, well, you, yeah, because you need to be able to both. You need to be able to dimension. You can't do it entirely based off. Of yeah, we're not saying one's better than the other, but for what we do generally, top down is the way to go. Right. right. From the majority of what we do, that is at least. You know, partially how we design things. Like, it might not be the entire model, but it is a large contributor. Now, spitballing factor. a question here: Do you think it's possible uh -oh. to always design bottom up? Do you think, from the scan data and everything, all the parts that we oh, design and use? Right. I, I was leaning towards that answer, but I couldn't think of any. It's just Most harder time, to make changes. Course, yeah. Very hard. Yeah. The majority of the time, I do that with skid plates where. The holes are slotted or it's a plastic bumper and things aren't going to stay symmetrical mm -hmm. but i know i need the skid plate to be symmetrical i'll define it and kind of ballpark it and pick the middle so that's not using the scan data to, to drive those mm -hmm. but like i know we've gone both ways with exhaust systems yep. where like you can use the exhaust scan data to define your part and it can either be a nightmare <laughs> or a saving grace depending right. on how you i was just curious as if there was any specific product type or line where you have to use it, like you, there's no other way to make the part. And I couldn't, I couldn't come up with a good example. I feel like it's, it's possible. It's always possible right. to start from the bottom up. It's, it might not be worth it, but it's probably not worth it for a lot. Of Most stuff of my stuff that's bottom up is like, say, a monoball, 
Something you could really size. don't even need the scan data for. Something you can make big basic cali caliper measurements with. You know, scan data is nice, but right. Um, that's a, a great instance of where this you got you care about a width, a bolt size, and a diameter has to fit in. Otherwise, I couldn't care less about what the rest of it is. Right. So maybe it's not worth bringing scan data or trying to drive it off other features. It's all you can do that strictly in a bottom-up style model. <laughs> So I think that was it. I think that was bottom up versus top down. I feel like yeah, and, that's, and that's, that's pretty. That's pretty. Like, that yeah. Quicker than I thought. Yeah. In my head, it seems more complicated because there's so many instances you can use it differently. Yeah. Sure. Explanation wise, it's pretty. Simple. Well, the way you guys just explained it, like me not having very, I have very minimal knowledge, right? So explaining that made perfect sense to me, right? Um, so you can either. You did bring up the topic of sheet metal, which is also kind when? of its own. Sheet metal is its own beast. Yeah. Along with surface modeling. I guess on that note, Dave, you did bring up a good point, and I think that maybe we didn't 100% correlate to what we just explained top down, bottom up to like SolidWorks terms for SolidWorks users and say that, I mean, so when, yeah, we are utilizing points or things from scan data and assemblies to design a part, but what that means for the SolidWorks user is that they are now defined by that assembly, right? Yeah. So what do you mean? What do you mean defined by that? Like there's no you asking this question affirmed my suspicion. Yeah, so oh, okay. Like, I don't. There's no dimension on a set of holes. Like, right. No. There will be on the print, but like if you open the part file and look at it, there's right. going to be two dots where the holes go, and there's not going to be a, a dimension that we input. It has right. It just it just exists there. It's, it's a nice it's feature in SolidWorks. It off another okay. model later on. So huh. SolidWorks is nice because whether it be a sketch or a point or anything. It changes color based on whether it's underdefined, overdefined, defined, whatever. So basically, when uh, a point is in a location and everything's copacetic, it's black. Whether it be you dimension it and said it's six millimeters from this edge and yeah. six millimeters from this edge, that's where the point is. But like Mike's point he was trying to make was that it could be black and have no dimensions, meaning that it's defined. And that definition comes from top down the uh, okay. assembly so okay. it's knowing that it, it's reading you, off of something that was previously there right. well it's, yeah, it. it's in another file okay. somewhere it's aligned in that situation right and it knows that that's where the hole needs to be and it honestly it won't even let you change it because it knows like hey i'm supposed to listen to this other file right yeah data. it could I mean, be another part you model doesn't really matter but that's the biggest difference between top down bottom up yeah that makes a lot of sense Especially if you're previously that, working with something. That can go layers deep. You know? oh, oh, so many layers. Assemblies can go into assemblies that can right. go into assemblies. And well, I mean, I don't, I don't know if this is a relevant example, but our intakes, for example, right? So you have, obviously, the area where that needs to sit, right? Our shield or whatever you want to call it. And then you have the area where the hose needs to go into the shield. And then you have the area where the filter sits. And then you have the area they're, where... They're all related to each other. Right. But, but from a layering standpoint, I feel That's like... That's pretty simple. Right. Trying to think of an example where you have assemblies. I can come up with an example that we wouldn't like, actually use, but it'd be pretty simple. Are kind of like a subassembly within an assembly. So or we don't we don't actually do this, but a good example of how you would utilize this might be. Um, so you suppose you had a sheet metal like heat shield for right. an air intake, right? And you had that all figured out. That's defined. That fits in the car to wherever you can make it fit. Right. And then you need to figure out how you're going to fit an air filter in there of XYZ dimensions. What you could do, and this would be a top-down example, is define the hole that you cut in your, in your uh, sheet metal heat shield by moving around the filter. You, so you could take the center point of the filter inlet right. and define that in your sheet metal um, right. model 
and just move it around. And every time you move the, the in 3D space, move around your 3D air filter model, right. the, the sheet metal heat shield would automatically update to wherever that air Right, it, it, w- it would change size, it would change Dude, dimension okay, based off of... That's cool. Yeah, that's, that's how I build <laughs> everything. Okay. Like this kind of where I need right, to so, so, Or you do it the other way around, so, where you'll define the hole, and then your silicone boot from there right. self-updates every time from there. So yeah. it's so, the same way with an exhaust, how you always have a segment where it's self-updating. It, it, so. Once again, it's it's relative, right? So all, so yeah. you, like you said, you throw an in, you throw an air filter model on that, yep. and you try to mesh it together, right? You need to find a corresponding size that will allow it to work with itself, mm-hmm. right? And like whenever you move that, what you're saying is the hole for the actual filter itself will move with the rest of the model in so order for you. All you have to you. do is drag and drop it, and then everything else. <laughs> I wouldn't say itself. that. Everybody's gonna be like, no, oh. I mean, no, honestly, yeah. Oh, okay. Like that. Yeah. Um, Interesting. And yeah. the great part about all of these different options is there's no wrong way. It's how well, no, it's just it's what it fits and what doesn't fit. Or like, yeah, well, it's how easy you want to make it on yourself. So yeah. you can one of something right. and you're yeah. never going to have to change anything, then whatever. You can make it okay. all bottom-up style modeling. Yeah. If you know there's a bunch of configurations or needs to fit multiple cars with different sized openings or something like that, right. that's where... Like a bracket is different than yeah. this model to this I model. I do feel especially guilty when I like design a part and then some other engineer picks it up later and like, well, if I make this quick little modification, I can make it fit this other chassis. And then you're like, ooh, I did Sorry. not design it to do that. <laughs> and you're just People's setting them up for like... Danger Will Robinson. Failure. Anyone else's model is always it's worse so, than your so own. so horrible. So that it's one of those things, ooh. like, if you ever have to touch someone else's model, it's yeah. not that the model is necessarily bad. So, Sometimes they, they really are. But you didn't design there's, it, there's so you're not willing to deal with the compromises of that person. Have, have any of you had to touch each other's yeah, models in order to make something fit? Oh, yeah. uh, I don't know about each other's. Well, slightly. At some point in time, I'm sure that I have. Maybe not yours because BMW, but I know Kevin and I have probably... The thing is, yeah. there's a million ways you can build everything. Yeah, right. The same right, thing yeah. can be built 15, 20 different ways, and it can be the simplest box doesn't right. matter what it is. Mm. Um, and you can get the same product out of all of them. Right. Yeah. So it will overlay. You could make a sample. Yeah, I mean, there's, a, there's, there's a, div- yeah. a million different, you know, configurations you can use in, like, SolidWorks and stuff yeah. like that and get the same result, right? Yeah. Essentially. I, so you can, it comes down to what you're thinking about when you're building it. You're, right. The, the person who's modeling it determines how it's going to be built. So whether they think x dimension is going to change okay they're going to build things around what they think might change right or whatever it is and it, it's never the same well, i think I th- well it's, no, it's all sometimes you're wrong like by the time you get to the end of it like oh yeah. crap i needed to change that one thing so i, I made really hard to change I have yeah, a really so good example of how this is relevant currently and that's the carbon to abs program oh yeah so yeah so we're going back through our product <clears> line we've typically really only manufactured body styling stuff in carbon fiber and then we yeah. found a good manufacturer that can make basically the, the same part but out of vacuum formed ABS and so we're like yeah we want to pursue this and now we have all these models of front lips trunk spoilers all kinds of stuff that we want to go back and make manufacturable in ABS so in some instances yeah you're touching some other engineers model file and trying to convert this to ABS um, but <coughs> I think a really good example of how you know, you don't consider a certain feature um, because you weren't desi- you weren't modeling it to be made out of ABS. Mm-hmm. Is um, you know, you end up with a, a solid model for a front lip, right? And it has all kinds of nice fillets and everything on it. And then you get in inside of it and realize, 
the whole inside of the part, the shell of the part, is hard edges. Yeah. Ooh. You're like, oh, well, you know, they added those fillets in after it was so, so, thickened or shelled well, or whatever. You're like, so oh, when you say no. that, you're saying, uh, so like for front lip, right? Because I know that our our carbon fiber stuff is generally hollow, right? It's it's a full piece and it's yeah, hollow. We don't always model it hollow. Well, right, for, yeah. always, yeah. for most of our yeah. stuff. Yeah. And then, but I've also noticed that our ABS plastic stuff is, it, it's the same design, but there is no underside to that product, yeah. right? Yeah. So there's you, no... There's manufacturing constraints. And you have to modify your models sometimes. Actually, right. in most cases that most we're doing cases, now... Yeah. We're not blow molding it, which you is... To, you so wouldn't really have to modify it at all. You're basically but, taking right. something that you're giving to a carbon fiber manufacturer manufacturer and saying okay i want this is a finished product and you're splitting it up into the pieces that yeah. an abs manufacturer is going to need you have to have the inside or like a spoiler okay you need to have some kind of draft angle so you can pull the part off the mold so that means you can only make draft angle so like you know if you make a ball you okay. can't get it out of the mold again Right. Okay. So, okay. so you have to have something that always has a taper. Even straight walls are hard to get out of a mold. So you yeah. always need like a slight degree of something so that you can remove it from its right. Because yeah, okay. It's We're talking three degrees. A degree, three degrees is good practice, you know. But you could There's do zero. Half a degree works. Yeah, like it, it's depends on the size and whatever you can areas. get away with, just yeah. as long as it's not. Negative. Yeah, because you have you to pull. Could, you have to pull what you're modeling it off of out yeah. of that. And that's a manufacturing restraint. I mean, yeah. yeah. Like I said, you could make these trunk spoilers and everything off of a carbon fiber model that we had if it was blow molded. But well, we right. But even then, the the, si <laughs> the sizing obviously changes because you're you're, you know, you would be using I guess technically like inside or outside measurements. That too. Right. So, so that wouldn't it wouldn't necessarily always work. So I understand the manufacturer kind of restraints and whatnot. Like it makes sense to have to go because each different manufacturing requires different. You know different things so exactly. there's a reason we use that manufacturing type too it's right because mold costs are reasonable if you went like and blow molded a spoiler yeah what would the what do you think the tooling cost would be on that like 20 grand not quite that much but yeah it would be well that okay so so blow molding that would be blowing plastic into a or blowing air into a plastic like a that would be car. right yeah that's how they do it is like it's an outside shell they put powdered plastic inside usually rotate it around and right. do some air pressure and then that yeah, creates these bottles over yeah, here. Those are all blow molded. molded you yeah. know, it's something that you want to the outside of it to be the tool, not the inside. Because right. You can't get the inside out. Right. Made, Unless. Right? And again, that that kind of like is a good full circle thing back into how we were talking about going from like a carbon model to yeah. a ABS vacuum form model. But for the carbon stuff, they're all using female molds. They're laying up carbon fiber right. inside of a female cavity. And that's really all we need to make sure it looks good in our model is the outside surface. You want the outside to look nice. Right. Right, because but that's the side that's going to be seen on the car or yeah. engine so bay. Or honestly, we don't really care what the inside looks like as long as it's not solid. So. Right. And as long as it fits. Right. Right. So counterpoint to that is uh, the vacuum form stuff. All of that stuff, typically, I mean, unless I mean, you can't make a female mold, but it's typically a male mold. So you're... Your tool is the inside of the part because right. you want the finished side to be not the tool touching side. Well, right. You, 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 the tool was the other side. You'd see all the machining marks are making exactly the tool okay. in the surface. Yeah. Let's, let's, so well, you don't want to start wanna... with what vacuum forming is. So basically, you're taking like a sheet of plastic and you're heating it up, and it's turning into a, this weird flexible state. So right. Malleable. It's mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. 
and you're pretty much you have your shape of your tool if you want to say a pyramid you have a pyramid on a table and you would be pulling vacuum around all sides of that and sometimes in the shape of the tool you want right and you're sucking that malleable sheet of plastic down yeah. to around the form of to get you to what you, to get to get to where you want it to look right right, right. right. while it's hot you kind of suck it down to it and then once it cools you remove it in our oh, right i feel like we've all at some point in our lives we've all melted plastic to make it fit certain other things sure. at, at one point Success- so. you can successfully you can yeah. do yeah, right right exactly <laughs> you can do some wild stuff in your home garage with a oh, yeah. shop back oh and boy a, we've oh, talked wow. about this for a while <laughs> yeah so, uh, I still want to do this. I know. Heat up the kitchen oven, and you get like a screen of this stuff, and you can make you can make some stuff that you didn't think you could make. Yeah. yeah. Mike and I were talking about like, cause I mean, even before he started the sheet metal version of the Mark III wide body, we're like, man, you could make a. That's fine. Yeah. Talked about it like two okay. episodes ago. Yeah, they know. I it's don't fine. It's this thing I'm making minimal progress on. Yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> we forgot to mention that. <laughs> Go ahead. Continue. But yeah, like uh, for something like a car like that where I'm going to be potentially bumping into Kevin the entire time I use it. A plastic, you know, vacuum-formed panel. Like, if I made a mold right. of the whole panel, the, the only thing I haven't... The only reason I haven't done it is because a huge, full sheet of plastic is expensive. Right. And I'm nervous about that commitment. And also, you're only making one. Right now, I am. <laughs> but... I might not be if I keep crashing You could thing. blast That's out true. another one real quick because you have a mold. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the thing. I can keep crashing the thing into whatever and just vacuum for myself a bunch of left-hand quarters or whatever I keep bumping into. So, yeah, I mean, like, you know, backyard DIY style for this. It's, I mean, you it's can not, up something. It's not unachievable. Right. No. I mean, think about think about an air hockey table, right? Yeah, that's right. Basically that's essentially need. all you need and an oven or a heating element or something like that to heat up the plastic. And right. then you put your mold on top of the air hockey table. You, just, <laughs> you have your hot plastic. You lay yep. it down and jam the, the shot on back. the shot back. Right. So, so, so when you talk about vacuum mold, stuff like this, in order to get a proper mold, what are you using to, to get that? Like, are you using like foam Usually or are you high using... density foam? Okay. That's the cheapest and easiest thing DIY for if we were to do yeah. it. But what our manufacturers? Our manufacturers well, no, 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 no. What 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 you would mold. use if we if we were doing it? Like right. at, at um, DIY. Green okay. floral foam works really well. Not even for vacuum forming. Are you talking about the the, the green stuff that you yeah, put yeah, fake plants in? Yeah, it's fun to poke. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I don't like touching uh, this stuff. It's giving me weird. If you want to spray on the car, you can get great stuff. You know, yeah. expanding foam. That's really nice to work with. Okay. Usually when it comes to turkey carver, it doesn't really <laughs> matter what you make it out of. Knife. It can be plywood, yeah. It can be yeah. whatever you want. Yeah. Really what it comes down to is finishing it right. So you need to, you know, make sure you sand it down nice and smooth. Usually put some kind of mold release on there. Right. It helps, you know, things come off after they've been. Well, it's like a dry, it's like a nonstick pan, right? Yeah, you don't you want it to. You don't want your. Or whatever. Like, yeah. It yeah. yeah it's fancy. very versatile. That's yeah. what's great. And like honestly, like as far as making it smooth, yes, that's important. But for if your mold is the inside of the part, it's even it's you have some forgiveness there. Yeah. Right. You you great. have to you have less thing. Obviously, depending on what side you're using, you have less. Uh, I guess I would call right. it post that, that post work biggest, is what I would call it. Like right. modeling issue so, when going from the carbon to the ABS so stuff. That we'll talk about, about so. like uh, Andy. Andy is working on the the spoiler that mm-hmm. Derek made for him or whatever, and and obviously we're not. That's not a production type spoiler, right? So we give no, him a plastic three printed the plastic three D print. Andy has been you know he filled it. You know, he's standing it. It's and he's and he's painting it. It's the same thing with doing vacuum mold. You have to do yeah. that same kind of prep work for, in order for it to get right. If you want it to come out nice, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you want it to look like shit, just leave it. But like, yeah. you yeah. know, process is actually pretty similar to fiberglassing too. I guess. Yeah. You know, yeah, pretty much. Just less itchy. 
way less itchy. Oh, speaking of fiberglass, oh my god, I was up in the, I was <laughs> <laughs> going on a side rant here. Uh, my neighbor's an HVAC guy. I mean, we were putting our AC in or whatever, and uh, you know, he's an older guy. I don't want him crawling up in the ceiling at 90 degrees. So my dumbass, I was like, yeah, I'll do it. It's fine. I'll run the wires. No problem. I'm up in the ceiling for four hours running thermostat wires Ooh. to my side and my buddy's side, and I'm like. Being good friends with the Pink Panther. Yep. So uh, I, I got out. I was like, oh, it's not that bad. You know, I get in a shower. I just kind of like hold my arms. I'll take a shower. I go to get into bed, and I'm like, I can feel every single piece of fiberglass in my entire body just yeah. on yeah. every surface. And I'm like, God damn. But side note, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Not no, I understand. It. No, everybody has a bad experience. That, and that's honestly why what drew me to vacuum form plastic. Yeah, because yeah. I've tried fiberglass once. I'm like, ooh, everything's itchy for the next two days. Never mind. I don't yeah. want to touch this ever. By the time you get to a mold, I mean. Well, what do you it, think is what do you think is better, right? So, so obviously there's you, there's different personal preferences. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, well, fiberglassing is, is fiberglassing, right? Fiberglass, but fiberglassing is a very long, lengthy. Thing, it's probably close, but yeah, <laughs> it depends how much time. how itchy you want to be, I yeah, guess. Time. Yeah, post like uh, post processing, you know, the cleanup work, making it look yeah. good. I mean, you're gonna get to the finished product way faster with plastic. I mean, yeah. honestly, you vacuum form it, and you could be done. Well, I mean, I guess you could do both, right? You could make a fiberglass mold and then you could vacuum yeah. form off yeah. the fiberglass It'll mold. It'll be a very yeah. solid mold. Yeah, but, uh, very repeatable. Yeah, the, the end result is pretty similar. They, right. You know, plastic's probably a little bit more durable depending on what type you of plastic you use. Probably have a more consistent. Use. Right. I feel like there's so many different different type of. consistent with the. Uh, the vacuum forming, you know, sure. like you there's lay up different chemical compounds and sheets of plastic, and you know everything's different. Yeah, they make fiberglass body kits. They make plastic body kits. Right. They make that weird Duraflex, which is yeah. essentially the hybrid high fiberglass yeah. plastic, right? Something like that. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, like a Yeah. There's much much more flexible than ABS. Lots right. of plastics out there that have different properties, whether it be yeah, like. Well, well I feel like that's a whole other episode to get into. Also, well, is like boy, plastic is properties and yeah. and chemical I don't compounds. I about all kinds of plastics that we could or probably should be using. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's so many options. Yeah, I mean, you it's... can blend anything. I mean, we're talking. I mean, we do we do a fair amount of plastic work that doesn't have to be vacuum formed either. But you know, material-wise, we're not getting super diverse. Not though. too crazy. Right. We stick with nylons and. PVCs or um, maybe glass filled. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like that. But that's not that for the construction molded parts. So modeling. Yeah. So modeling. Well, where are we for time here? Uh, well, we had what five minutes of nonsense at the beginning of the episode. Doesn't matter. I mean, we're we're, we're like at one ten right now. We got. That's I mean, probably the most interesting. If you guys want, yeah. I mean, yeah. if you guys want. Hey, we got. Well, well gauge so, on what do we touch on surface modeling on another episode or this episode? Right. You guys. I feel like, realistically, at this point, we're gonna loop back here and there on episodes, anyways. Yeah, we've we've sure. been doing that. Yeah, I mean, because you point. can't, you know, there's important information each episode. Maybe the on the flip side, I mean, we did talk, already kind of talk about in the 3D <clears throat> scanning uh, episode how to make the surfaces to start with. Right. So I mean, we did kind of get that That's out of the way. That's not surface modeling. That's it's not surface know. modeling. I'm just saying, but it. For the surface cutting within your <laughs> so. surfacing adjustment. Yeah, don't say it, we just got it out of the way. I mean, so. it's kind of hard to just put in the words anyway, so we might as well just. We can uh, summarize. Let's, let's try and summarize this one. Kind of. <laughs> 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 the surface modeling is very difficult because nothing is defined. Well, it's a whole other abstract of thought. <clears throat> it, it, most things aren't defined. It's you. It's definable. It's most of the stuff we're doing is not easily defined. Yeah. But surface modeling is a different. You're not thinking of the product in terms of how you would machine it. 
-hmm. you're thinking about the finished product from the get-go. So you're trying to alter surfaces. You're creating, you know, super thin layers that, as far as CAD's concerned, exist but don't exist. There's no thickness to them. It's just a sheet. In whatever shape you want, you can extrude them, you can sweep them, you can do a bunch of different features to them, but they're essentially worthless until the final stages. But thinking about it in terms of the outer shell of a part (coughs) up front and then making sure that that's modifiable later. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's like if you had to make a 3D model of a canoe. Yeah. <laughs> like, how would you start? How do you, there's no basic shape that you can start with at what all. A perfect example. I mean, well, well there's, I mean, there's nothing that is like a square circle. There's nothing on that yeah. that works that you just that would have be very to... difficult to to model. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I feel like a canoe was a bad example because I immediately went to log. Example. I went to log in my head, yeah, and I was like, I could carve yeah. that out of a log, right? right yeah, so, so you're gonna carve it, but what kind of lines are you gonna use to carve it? With, you right? you would have so zero you have consistency. Top, you can have a top down view that's kind of like a pea pod shape, right? Okay, right. And then you then you cut it that way. Right. Okay. Well, you have to cut it. <laughs> excited to let it go. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I'm getting at here is that you kind of have to have. You have to think about how things are cut from different angles right. and then use surfaces you generate in a 2D space or a 3D space, actually right. a combination of both, to cut and to chop down something that needs to be perfectly smooth and tangent everywhere. Well, right. Well, that's that's the kind of, correct me if I'm wrong, like CNCing, right? There's no... There's there's straight lines, right? CNCing is mostly straight lines and no, curves. No, CNC is great. Well, actually, manual machining you can do it in straight lines, but a CNC. That's, you can get all right. Curves. We could talk about machining as like a that's whole. Okay. That yeah, no, no, but but just so. It's organic shapes. Is right. What we're dealing okay. With here, in, yeah. in terms of like you know squares or, or circles like or yeah a cylindrical shape, we're kind of thinking usually the example for surface modeling if you're doing any of the classes is like right. a computer mouse. Yeah. Or something that wouldn't naturally exist. Yes. Yeah, the, the way you build it is, thing. you know, you start with one plane. You draw some organic shape of it, right. and then you start making other features of it. So you'll turn that ninety degrees and build, you know, the outside part of it, and then you'll build the top part of it, yeah. and then you'll take sketches from two D cross sections and combine them in three D space as a thin thing. Yeah. And eventually turn it into something that looks like a computer mouse and it's it's not the the like a mindset you need to have going <clears> into <throat> modeling something like this it takes a long time to to process and understand how you need to go about right. it's an entirely different perspective yeah. that's what's especially coming from your traditional style of modeling <clears throat> surface modeling is way out in left field completely different yeah, it kind of makes sense inherently in the name. I think it does apply more so to you know organic shapes. I think it makes the most amount of sense. I mean, you can make basic stuff from surface models, and it, and it sometimes does make sense to do it that way. Um, but you're really only roped into it with that kind of organic architecture. It's more difficult to define, it is, unless you do it. If you can define it, like right if it's definable i mean everything's definable yeah like so even splines which are one of the <laughs> it's not real but, but they're not yeah. even they're not defined you can lock it down whatever no you, you can, can dimension you can do construction lines and dimension know, arrows but, of yeah. a spline and you yeah. can get it to do the same okay. thing over and over again we don't because it's a not honestly like, worth the yeah, hassle or an excessive <laughs> amount of work to it's do it's an excessive <laughs> amount of work but it, like say you're trying to make a bunch of one thing like that might be worthwhile yeah 
ours are so organic, freeform stuff that realistically we never do. But it's definable, technically. But after the fact. Yeah, kind of, yeah. It's one of those considerations where if you know that you're never going to have to touch this thing again, like... Right, I mean, well, so it goes like a, like a spoiler mold, right? You're only going to make that once, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you, right, you hope. Well, if you remake it, I mean, you have to make a new tool anyway, so it's almost like, well, to start over. Right. You know? Spoilers so. are, like, super simple. <laughs> right. Yeah. I well, that's what they yeah. That's a super easy, but then you think about, like, a diffuser. Okay. That's well, you, yeah. you have to make planes where the fins are and cut out, yeah. you know, a, a curve from the front face and from the bottom face and have Exhaust a draft tips. angle. Yeah. And right. Which are probably top-down defined. Yeah. You have to follow the curve of the bumper all the way down. Then you have to put tabs on it and thicken the thing afterwards. And Make sure you have a draft angle. Right. So the, the biggest deal with most of these cosmetic <coughs> parts is there's no straight edges. Right. Like, if you put a straight line in most of these parts, it looks like the squarest thing ever. So, like, well, even that's what, all, I mean, anything you see or consider straight... Well, most of the stuff we're doing is an arc, like a very slight arc, yeah. but an arc, and that's because almost unperceivable if you were just looking at the line that defines it. Right. I feel but like if you there's had one that was a straight line uh, next to a part that wasn't a straight line. Right. You'd know. Like, yeah. It is definitely noticeable. Yeah. That's but a that weird. makes modeling it like significantly more difficult. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, manuf- car manufacturers today. I mean, there's no, there hasn't been straight lines on cars and since. Ever. Yeah, <laughs> right. Check out some of those. I don't know if there's any on Netflix, but uh, one of those things that always like really fascinated me and I enjoyed watching was um, when the OEs, like on prototypes, would get just, you know, 500 pounds of clay and slap it on a shell and start just like just chiseling away at this, this clay model of a car. And then right. once they finally, you know, got to some model, like physical model that they were happy with, then they would 3D scan it. And that was like the well, coolest yeah, thing not even 3D scanning it. Like, that's how they used to do stuff forever ago. And then you got try like, trying to make a print for a fender out of clay. Like, right? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> like, look at, so one of the things I would consider one of the more square cars is right behind you. Oh, yeah. The yeah. Audi coupe thing. Yeah. Like, it doesn't get much more square than that. And if you look at any line on it, none of them are straight. No, of course There's not. It's not a straight Overall, our, from a human eye, it looks straight, mm-hmm. but it's not. It just, no. It's square because that's what it's, it's closest edgier. to in our heads. Yeah. But at the same time, you can, by looking at it, you can kind of break down how you would build something like this in a right. 3D model, right? You're going right. to pick the hard lines as you know, your defining features, and then you're going to let it kind of figure itself out between those surfaces. So right. Roll, like uh, your base points. If you have a line running down a car where it's down the entire line of the car, okay, you can define that as a spline, and that's where one loft is going to meet the next line. Right. Or it's a guide curve, the, the perpendicular yeah, end of that, or yeah. a sweep. Or there's a million different ways to do it, but there, this is closer to being definable than most of the yeah. <laughs> Right, yeah. It's a little bit easier to work with because yeah, it's more square. Yeah, you might be able to make that out of mostly arcs and not splines necessarily. Exactly. So, of course, arcs are a lot easier to dimension because you have a radius and yeah. a, you know, an arc length. But, huh. yeah, still very yeah, complicated. The, the, more, the more you know. <laughs> well, yeah. you do. Yeah. We have a way of making very simple things very complicated. Mm-hmm. Like it, 
Well, that's no because of, generally the things that you're talking about really aren't that. Do you understand that. now why we get so frustrated when we get like a, a, a 3D print of a part out on a car <laughs> and then, oh, all kinds of people start coming out to critique your little your little model of your trunk spoiler and be like, I'm not done yet. Oh, what if no, you no, just no, no. added a little bit of a little bit of curve here or made this face a little more convex or something I never like did that. that. And, and we all just like shut down and we're like, ugh. Just did this. Shut down. But yeah, oh. it is... It's always, regardless, it doesn't matter how you model it and what you think you can change up front, what everyone wants you to change is the one that's the hardest to yeah. change. It's yeah. like the, the top of your feature tree. It's I want just, this duckbill yeah. to be more duckbilly than it is. Can you make this, right. you know, oh, three radius or four radius? And like, it no, can that be makes the most minute change. And it's like this nightmare. edge doesn't look like it lines up right. Gotta redo that's the whole like freaking thing. Doing yep. organic shapes. Well, I feel like that's that also comes with the people that we work with, though, too. No, but I mean, like we, we even have like a good feel for this now. I mean, it's been like five years that we've been doing this stuff right. with ECS, and um, you know, at this point, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, okay, so if I'm making this trunk spoiler, right, and I think, well, later down the line, once we get a 3D model printed out and on the car. Some somebody might say they want to see it a little shorter or a little taller. Right. And so I'm gonna have the, that's gonna be a consideration when modeling the part and be like, okay, I want to make sure that we can easily modify this. Right. Yeah. But then we get out there and somebody wants to change something totally different. <laughs> and like, damn it, that was not what I was after. And you know, you just kind of have to figure it out. But right. it, like it's always first, possible. But yeah, your first three like front those spoilers or something like that are all done completely differently. You start to get into a group where like most of the time these are the things I need to change. Yeah. <laughs> and you can kind of roll with that. So yeah. there's every car is different, sure. every product is different. So yep. yeah. Huh. Well, we're not doing many of the exact same thing, although it is the same product line. It's not like we're well, designing toolboxes and all the drawers are you know you can change the depth of or whatever because yeah, you're always like, using the right. same bearing or same track. That's exactly. Easy. Yeah. That's more straightforward than what we're dealing. You with. have more uh, fixed variables, or I should say constants. Right. Uh, but yeah, not so much in the synthetic world. Right. So, uh, 3D modeling. I feel like. Did we cover everything? That's the tip, of the, most that's the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. yeah I feel like we continue to hit the I tip of the iceberg. I think we need more feedback but. on how far right. into this we should go. Because yeah, if yeah. there's people that are listening that have done some solid modeling or surface modeling and want to know more about right. our take on it, yeah. we can definitely dive in real deep. More here. than more yeah. than We can also deep. make everyone not listen really easily. Hundred <laughs> <Sure. laughs> percent. And of course, that always gives us a good, you know, reference in terms of, you know, kind of like. A, topics and things like that right. what, what to dive deeper into like yeah, so we kind of just skim the surface here on this but you know we kind of need a little bit of help if we want to go deeper because right. it just it's just the spider webs out from there it's just so guys if you're listening yeah, still tell us message us on instagram at cad to cars uh -huh. and tell us what you want to hear or if you have questions ask questions or if you just want to bullshit and talk about cars feel free to yeah, do just, that too i mean it doesn't have to be an episode specific thing either no. but, you know if you just want to bullshit or ask us a basic question right like, you have yeah, a question cool fine. shoot it over you yep, know yep. I'm more than willing to answer it and you know I don't have much input on certain things, but I can answer where I can. I'd like to see Dave try, though. Hey, yeah, I could be like, hey, I sat in a room with him for an hour and a half, and I kind of know yeah. something. Yeah, this uh, topic's not your forte, but there's plenty of others no. that you do know. Uh, there's, there's tons of stuff. I mean, obviously, you guys have manufacturing capabilities and, or, and, and just engineering ideas in general, right? So yeah. if you have questions... Like from here, there's probably... I mean, we could go into service modeling deeper. Yeah. We could also go into simulation. Yeah. I don't. Okay. Stress <laughs> Whatever that is. <laughs> flow simulation. Flow simulation. Yeah, Those vibrations. Are yeah. Yeah. Oh my. That's mostly yeah. just going to be covered in one 
Oh, it's all yeah, it's all one episode. Yeah. I'm not saying separate episodes. We don't have as much of that as we probably could, but it's it's easier and, and usually cost effective to overbuild something. Yeah. Um, yeah. In terms for, of time, for and for the volumes we're talking about, mm-hmm. we're yeah. kind we're of we're not an OE. We're not making millions of these parts where it makes sense to cut out. Right. You know. I'm just saying percent things, of the weight or something. Or things you, know, you that can branch off from. Oh yeah, absolutely. from modeling. Right. Yeah. That's so, true. like I or said, yeah, shoot us. Ask topic questions. Ideas, too. Topic, yeah. qu- tap, anything you want us to cover, or you know, questions, or we have plenty of hey, stuff. Burnouts to solid modeling here. We'll, yeah. we'll do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's plenty of stuff. We got. We have, we we have, have many of things. Stuff queued up. We have a lot of ideas, but you know, uh, if you don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you don't like it, then you can get over it <laughs> yeah, or give us a new topic <laughs> yeah, you know give us some high give us some good input input instead of us just telling us you don't like yeah, it, don't complain it you right but uh like i said uh catch us on instagram at cat to cars uh follow the podcast and i think it's actually the cat to cars podcast on spotify oh, i was damn it i know i was looking at it the <laughs> one day and i was like trying to find it and i was like where is this so at so so, so search the cat to cars I, you know, I tried it. This, I tried it today on Spotify, and I was like, "I think you're wrong." I'm, no, I'm not wrong. I think I, once it becomes a little bit more followers, yeah, it'll show up. Once but people start listening but, on a regular basis, uh, you like the number one recommended podcast in Spotify. No time. Got the lawnmower again. Spot on. Right, yeah. That's the so right there. We follow us, Cat Cars, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, YouTube. We're gonna have a. Obviously, you'll see us once yeah, my upload the video. Start that video again. Just something to watch in case you're watching YouTube. I know it's kind of awkward if you're in the car listening to it right. or whatever, but um, so that's do why all you that. Should, you know, check it out. It's Spotify or iTunes or whatever. Yep. So. Uh, but yeah, send questions, send comments, send other listeners our way if you think this is interesting. Yeah. I mean, projects. Yeah, I mean, check out the projects. You can follow uh, Kevin at Biznizzy. Biznizzy. You just follow the cat to cars thing. Yeah, I mean you'll yeah, find you'll it find on there. It's We're all tagged in there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, we got a lawnmower going here, and I think it's Friday afternoon, <laughs> and we're gonna wrap this up because I think that we all want to enjoy the nice weather for the rest of the day and kind of sure. hang out. You so. all do the same. Yeah. So yeah, everybody, everybody stay safe <laughs> and sane, and continue to listen and send us your ideas. But okay, bye. Thanks, guys. Yeah, bye.